Welcome back to episode number 59 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, guys, so keep comments and questions coming to me. PM me on Facebook, send me emails, jeff at the npdude.com. I don't care how you guys get in touch with me as long as we can communicate. So I still have yesterday's show, it's actually two days ago, I think, um, that I haven't published yet. So I'm going to be publishing that one with this one, and, and hopefully I'll get it out tonight. Um, but I was a little negative in, in that show about you know the coalescing, and I was you know I was kind of like, yeah, just yeah, I was really frustrated by the fact that that we're having infighting, and, and it just it was really disheartening, and and I, and it kind of stayed with me for a, a day or so, and I was like, man, really, come on, and so um, so I went to work today, and everything was great, had a good day at work, got to talk to a lot of people, got to help some people. Uh, doing a lot of education, having a blast, loving what I'm doing, and uh, I get in my car, I got my, my phone with me, I see something populate up on the Facebook page, and uh, it was one of the people that I know that likes the show, that has listened in the past, has given me some ideas and commented on things in the past, and I see them send out a, a, a call to uh, students that said, Hey, I'm a I'm a nurse practitioner, and I'm I'm willing to take a student. Whoever wants to come with me, come with me. Just find me. Here's my info. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so as soon as I start feeling like, man, we're gonna we're gonna destruct in, into a into a pool of our own, you know, bodily fluids, it's gonna be a disaster. And you know, I start getting that negativity, you know, itch in in my brain, and then all of a sudden somebody redeems it and brings it back and. And I, I put a comment back on that, and I was like, man, I needed that. And I really needed that because um, that's the attitude, I think, that's going to help our profession. You don't get that in the medical community. You wouldn't have physicians, I can't imagine, that are saying, actively saying, yeah, you guys that want to learn from me, give me a call. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. It's, it's just it's not the same. So... That's why I love nursing, and that's why I love what we're doing, and, and uh, it just makes me really proud to see people making that and, and being leaders and um, and uh, really, really helping promote our own profession. So that was fantastic, I, and that, that kind of redeemed yesterday. So we're, we're boom, we're back on target, right? All right, so let's all get together and make it make it work. Let's all sing Kumbaya, whatever. I'm not usually a sappy guy, but that one, that, 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 that was a win. <laughs> that was great. So... Um, what do we want to talk about? I'm on my way home, so I'm really tired. So I might be stuttering. I might be saying, oh, I'm a lot. I say, oh, I'm a lot anyway. So it's, it might not be the best show. But I promised somebody I was going to talk about something, and, and I want to do it. So this may be a short one. Uh, I might actually run a little long. I don't know yet. We'll see what I get into. You never know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to do one, and I'm thinking about another one as we're, as we're doing it. But the question was about insurance. And here's the problem, though. It's not really about insurance. This specific question was talking about tail coverage in a contract that uh, this person's leaving. The contract's done. I don't know the particulars of why the contract's done. I don't know if it was a early termination or they fulfilled the obligations of the contract, whatever it was. But in that contract, it specifically stated that the, the nurse practitioner shall provide tail coverage upon termination of the contract to prevent the liability going back to the um, the practice, and I thought, well, oh, that's interesting, you know. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 
the original insurance malpractice policy was in the name of the company and that this individual nurse practitioner was added to that commercial corporate policy okay as an adder or an addendum or whatever the whatever the wording is that they use in that contract that's my guess and it was it's probably a claims made policy for the for the practice and so what they're worried about what the employer is worried about under that circumstance is if you as a practitioner was the one that prescribed the medication the treatment or missed something and somebody dies or whatever it is uh, you know 6 months or a year after you leave their employment that you will not be able to um, provide the money to to satisfy the damages in that claim and who is the the plaintiff going to look to next well the employer okay so there's this this law in in employment law that um, and I think that it's it's stretched a little bit too far in this instance and I'll explain why I, at least I hope I do anyways I hope I can get it across tonight and and basically this this law is um, it, it it basically impugns pure liability okay and, and I'm not using the right words because I'm exhausted and I'm not I'm not getting the right legal words but I'm gonna get the idea out there and you guys don't need to know the legal words anyways and if you're a lawyer and you're listening to this you're gonna say oh, it's this word and I'm gonna be like well, yeah you're right I'm sorry and I'm just tired right um, but it's it basically it's it, you you have full liability as an employer for someone that's acting on your behalf okay you basically step in their shoes you're 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 taking the liability for your employees if they're acting in your behalf. That's why we have you know a ton of company policies and procedures and training and all this stuff, is so that way you can you can point to that stuff. It's not to train the employees as much as it is to point to it if there's ever a lawsuit to say that employee acted outside of the scope of our policy that we've had set on whatever procedure it is. It doesn't matter if it's giving them uh, IV medication or if it's uh, driving a vehicle. It doesn't matter what it is. They have policies for that, and if you are acting outside of the scope of that employment for it, then that liability does not impugn to the employer. See what happens? Now, the problem here is that for that employer is that as a prof or as for the MP is that you cannot waive your liability for malpractice when it's re reflecting a professional license. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't impugn to them anyways. It sticks with you. It sticks with you. Now, if you were at fault and your partner or the physician or someone else also saw that patient and agreed with your plan and signed off on a separate encounter with them or another chart that was opened on them, and they said, yeah, I agree with that true treatment plan, we're going to keep going down that path, and you guys were both wrong, then you're both liable for a pro from a professional standpoint. You're personally liable as a professional. It goes to you no matter what. So this this whole idea of you know trying to protect the company from the liability of a nurse practitioner once they leave is kind of stupid. It still sticks to you unless they did something wrong too. Then it sticks to both of you. So having a mandating a tail coverage doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. One and two, it sounds like somebody was being um, lazy in my opinion and they pulled an old contract that was used for a physician as a physician employee contract and they use that contract for the nurse practitioner because in reality the tail coverage for a nurse practitioner is really low cost and your liability is relatively low especially since there's a personal you know liability it sticks to you as a person 
You can't, you can't waive that. You can't contract out of that. You can't get out of it. You're stuck. Congratulations. You got a license to be a nurse practitioner. You now have liability. It's always going to be there. Can't get rid of it. Done. So my, my question to this individual was, is what, what happens if you just don't do anything with this, with this provision? If you just say, you know what, I'm not going to go get that insurance tail coverage and I'm going to get my own personal liability policy to cover me individually, or my new employer is going to, you know, reimburse me for my own malpractice policy. Well, who's going to who's going to bitch and gripe about a tail policy that never gets bought for an employee that's no longer there? When there's really no liability that's going to transfer, anyways. So I, I I just don't think that the likelihood of that ever being a problem is is there now. Uh, I believe this individual said in the Facebook thread was that they were going to go call the the HR people to see what what the hell they were talking about, what needed to be done, so that they could fulfill the obligations of the contract. And I say to you that, kudos, that's great that you're doing that, but are you going to be throwing money away for no real reason? I don't know. If it were me, and I'm not telling you to do this, if it were me, I would silently walk away, <laughs> go get my own liability policy that would cover me claims made from now forward. That policy sticks to you personally. That's your personal liability coverage. So do, do I think it's a big deal to just walk away from that? I would. That's me, though. You know, it's up to you. You know, it's, if you're not comfortable doing that, I would read the, the contract over and see if there was a, anything in there that would say if you do not get the tail coverage, then you might be, you know... Um, you know, injunction may be brought against you, or there might be liquidated damages in the amount of blah, 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 or something like that. Or if you don't do it, then you'll be held to be in, in breach of that provision of the contract, and we will um, uh, be eligible to charge you um, the cost of tail coverage that we will buy on your behalf, plus 10% for administration, whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to come up with something reasonable that might be in there. But if it's completely silent, it's silent. They can't do anything about it. That's that's a crappy contract on their behalf. That's a scare. I'll, I'm going to write this crap in here and scare somebody in thinking that they have to fulfill this obligation. There's no consequence to it, then it's toothless. Right? There's no teeth to bite you. There's gum on you for a little bit. So what? And, and chances are the HR people are going to be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're creating work for the HR person, having to try to figure out what the hell this contract provision is. And then, they're, of course, they're going to make you buy something. <laughs> so I, you know, I would ask them and say, hey, do you know anything about this tail coverage thing? And they'll be like, no. I'll be like, okay, see you later. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd walk away. I wouldn't get involved in that one at all. But that is me. And I would re be certain that it's not in the contract first. And I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm just telling you what I would do. All right. So I think that kind of covers it. But the, the tail coverage thing, it keeps popping up like a bad penny. And it's confusing as hell. It's confusing for me. It's confusing for people that are out there. I always have to kind of stop and think and say, okay, did I say it right last time? Because I, I keep getting people asking the same questions. I'm like, go listen to episode 12. It should be in there. I remember doing it. It, it seemed to make sense at the time when I was talking about it. I think I said it right, and so if somebody thinks I got it wrong, email me, jeff at the mpdude.com, send me a, a Facebook message, comment on any of the threads that I've commented on, um, so just get in touch with me and say, man, it doesn't make sense how you're saying it, or, because maybe I just screwed it up, maybe I just said it wrong, and, and I thought I said it right, that's possible, it's very possible, I'm, I screw up all the time, I do, I promise you, I screw things up, 
but I, I'm not afraid to admit it when I screwed up. Now, if you guys got some some hard evidence and say, man, this is how it is, I want to see it because, you know, I'm shooting from the hip on this. I don't have tail coverage. I've never had tail coverage. I, I'm just going on what I know about it. So I've never got a tail coverage policy. I've never actually went out and purchased one. And I've seen prices of two to three times the cost of your malpractice. And I saw somewhere posted um, for like pediatrics, it can be upwards of over like five to $6,000 for a tail coverage policy. And I saw another question about how long should I get? Go back and listen to episode 12. It's in there. I talk about that. Statute of limitations. You need to look at the statute of limitations for your for your state. They're all different. Ohio, it's two. Two years. And you're good. But it's two years from what? So go back and listen to that. It gets, it gets even more confusing. So you have to make sure you understand what that means. So usually they're about three years. But you can I've seen them on sale for up of like, like four or five years. That's a pretty long tail. Because you're going to probably have a claims made policy in your name after that anyways. Now, again, what do I do? I have a claims made policy and I'll just keep buying one every year until the day I retire and then I'll probably buy another three or four of them for a couple years after I retire. Just to cover me as my tail. Or I may get a tail coverage policy and just say, screw it. I'll get one tail policy that covers me for the next three years and then I'm out. Maybe I'll do that. I'll, I'll check the prices of both and see which way is better. So, you know, the tail coverage thing's confusing. I get it. Everybody's got questions about it. And it's it's not the easiest thing to discuss over, you know, in one-sided. And there's a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of, you know, well, what about this? Or how about that? Or what do I do for this? And, and yeah, those are all great questions. But as far as the contract that, that, I, that I saw, that provision that they were talking about, I wouldn't worry about it. I really wouldn't. I would, you know, if, if anything... I wouldn't worry about it so much for that contract. I'd be more worried about, are you protected as an individual? Who cares about them? That deal's done. What are they going to do? Come back after you? Are they going to try to keep your last paycheck? Which is illegal, by the way. They can't do that. What else are they going to do? Sue you for a $1,000 insurance policy that they could go do? It'd be cheaper for them to just go buy the insurance policy for you on your behalf than to sue you. It means they're going to cost three, four grand to sue you and take two years of the time. What are they, it just doesn't, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, as my dad says. It's not worth it. So I think your risk is low. Pretty low. All right, so we're 14 minutes on that one. Um, what else we want to talk about? Uh, United States Congress just uh, passed this new Trump care. It's got to go to the Senate next. And I looked at some of the provisions that were in it. I just kind of went through like CNN real quick. Just because um, I tend to lean more libertarian slash anarchist. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, in my political views. So um, I tend to go more conservative libertarian with the political stuff. Because um, that's what I used to be. But I went to CNN because I wanted to see what their take was. And the the here's the big picture here, right? Some of it shows that there's going to be a decrease in Medicare coverage through this new law. And the CBO did an estimate, I think it said 24 million Americans might lose um, or uh, may not be eligible for coverage. But does that mean, and here's the, it's definitional, right? And that was before they even changed it to this new version that they just they just passed. So I'm, they don't even have the real numbers of what they think it's going to be. But here's the question I have. Is the 24 million Americans based upon what could have been enrolled under 
Obamacare. Sorry, burped. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry, that was unprofessional of me. I apologize. Deeply apologize. Okay, so is is it 24 million Americans of people that were eligible or 24 million Americans that were on Obamacare? I don't know. It doesn't really say. I couldn't find that. So if somebody knows, let me know. I don't know if it matters anymore because the numbers are going to change anyways. But I, I have a feeling it was of eligible uh, covered Americans. So what does that mean? Well, that doesn't mean it changes anything, right? It's a talking point. It's just as, oh, it's not as great as it could be. Well, those are people that aren't choosing to go to Obamacare now anyways. So for whatever reason, I don't, I don't think, I think that's how it, it was interpreted. Because I don't think 24 million Americans are enrolled in Obamacare. I just don't think they are. I know they were bragging about 11 million, like, a year ago. And I don't think they've more than doubled it this year. In, in 2016, early 2017. I just don't think they did. So I don't think they're at 24 million Americans on Obamacare per se. I just don't think there is. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe there was a huge influx and I, I'm missing the boat. So maybe that's what they mean. But that would mean that over more than the Obamacare people um, signed up to these state exchanges and through um, healthcare.gov would lose all of it. So they're going to lose all of it? 24 million? I just I don't think that's right. I don't think that, that doesn't make sense to me. I think it's of the eligible people. And that's a made-up number. So 24 million Americans of a made-up number aren't going to be eligible for Obamacare that they're not signing up for now. So does that mean anything? It doesn't really mean anything. I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's just it's a talking point. It sounds like a number and it sounds negative and there so CNN is going to post it. So you know, I could be wrong could very well be wrong on that. All right, what else is in there? There was a couple other things that I saw that were functionally, like, different, but really don't matter in, in the scheme of things. And it's it, it's um, it's to, it's to polarize. The, this whole law is being proposed to polarize because, in effect, it doesn't change much. It really doesn't. It makes things more confusing, that's for sure, um, because if you read some of that, they, they take away this little tiny provision, and they're changing it with that, and they, they're they're going to get rid of Medicare, uh, Medicaid expansion, uh, but then they're going to do block grants, and then they're going to do um, um, a per capita cap by by who's a, in Medicare or Medicaid. Sorry, I'm not. I keep saying Medicare because I'm tired. So they have two multiple ways now of of feeding Medicaid money to the states. Um, one's based upon a per capita number, so it's basically you get you know two thousand bucks per person that that's that's in Medicaid. Period. It doesn't matter what they do or what there's. It doesn't matter if they're disabled or if they're um, a child or if they're an adult. That's dis- it doesn't matter. So they get like a per capita, but then they're also going to do block grants, and so God only knows what that means, right? I mean, the, 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 there's a certain amount of billions of dollars they already have earmarked for it, but that doesn't mean that they can't change that at any time. So I think functionally, that the federal government's expansion of Medicaid was kind of an overreach because what it did was it said, here we're going to give the states money for their Medicaid, but we're mandating everything that they do to the nth degree on what the expansion means which kind of defeated the purpose of having 50 incubators of, of, of uh, innovation in trying to have 50 states coming up with their own way to implement Medicaid. Some are going to be extremely effective, and some are going to be turds. So the ones that work well, others can use that and try to make it better. So it gives that flexibility. That's the whole concept of, of federalist ideas. So 
that was another thing was the Medicaid. They're, they're, they're going to slash Medicaid, but then they're going to change it and they're going to fund it in different ways. All right, whatever. I think that comes out to be a wash. But you don't know. You, and no one's going to know what that's really going to mean. What's it mean for, for my patients? i got a lot of Medicaid patients. I have no idea what that means. Now, what I do know is it's still through the state. It just means that the funding to the state's going to have to get revamped. So we'll have to see how this plays out at the state level, too. So we got two layers of a headache to deal with. What else was in there that I saw that was just kind of interesting? There was um, two tax cuts that uh, were th- for the wealthy, you know, and of course we have tax cuts for the wealthy, and that's that's uh, liberal for you know fire up the left side to get pissed off at the right side, the rich people, right? And and um, functionally they don't really matter. One of them was um, a 3.8 percent tax that is based upon if you make you know I don't, know, I don't even remember the numbers like 250 300 thousand dollars it was it was a pretty decent chunk of change I won't ever get there and that tax cut they've deferred it out and it's like 2022 or something it's way out there so what they did was they they don't get rid of that tax cut now they do it in 2022 so they get to keep the benefit of all that money um, coming in on the books. And then what are they going to do? They've already deferred that one twice, cutting that that tax. Uh, and that was under Obama. They did. They, it was 2015. Then it was 2018 or 17. I can't remember what it is. But now it's, but now it's they're pushing out another five years. And I've already talked about this in my my healthcare law review of the government. The first time I talked about this, it's the same thing. There, it's the same exact proposed language that was. There really didn't seem like there was that much different from what was proposed previously. And this was something that just came out like two minutes. It literally was posted two minutes before I read it, right when I was getting in the car. So do I really care about what this bill says? I, I, I need to care, but I'm having a hard time giving a crap because it all looks like it's the same. It's just it's, it, they're, they're, they're trying to incite people in the, in the communities of healthcare and the, the people in your neighborhood to fight with each other. And maybe if they're fighting with each other, they're not paying attention to what crap they're doing in Washington. I, I don't know. But this is part of that. We're making it worse so that we beg them for single payer. It's going to be more convoluted. I guarantee it. It's not going to be better. Nothing about this law is better. Nothing about this law will be better. Even though, even though I want it to be, I really do. I want, I want somebody to come in and say, you know what? Let's let's do some really good, good evaluation of what's going on and fix it. But that's never going to happen. Our federal government's too far gone. It's never going to get fixed. They just want more control, more control, more control. Because if they get more control, guess what? They can take more. They can do whatever the hell they want. And there was a there was a book, and I, I can't remember what the name of it was. I never read it, but I heard a lot about it, and I want to read it. And I gotta I gotta find the title of it. If I find it, I'll let you guys know what it is. But it basically was um, it's Saul Alinsky, right? I think it's Saul Alinsky's book. Um. I should look that up. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, Rules for Radicals. I just found it on Google. Sorry, I don't, don't normally stop and pause, but that was that was what I wanted to do. And it was a 1971 book, and I'm not reading it right now because I'm still driving. But um, I, I, I want to read this book because what it did was it, it basically outlined how you um, how you can you basically take over a society. <laughs> and, and, and as part of it, you, you, you take over the food supply, you take over the energy supply, you take over their health care, and you take all these other things. Well, what, what do we have left? What are they trying to do right now? They're trying to take over our health care. They really are. So this is exactly rules for radicals. And, um, 
And you know, if, if you've read if you've read this thing, I'd love to hear feedback from you guys because I, I'm I'm gonna probably buy it. I want to read it, or maybe I won't buy it. You know, see if the library has it. I'm cheap, and I can't I can't give up communist money. I <laughs> just I can't do it. I don't think I could support Saul Alinsky's bank account. Anyways, um, but that that reminds me of this, right? It's just it's all part of the downfall. It's all part of control. It's just falling apart. It's just garbage. Why do we have to deal with this crap? Can't we just treat people? I just want to treat people. Anyways, so um, there, there's a lot to come with this this new law. There's going to be a ton more that we could talk about it. We'll get into individual things, I think, as it goes. And I'm thinking what I'll probably do is once we get an actual law, then I'll probably take like a handful of the provisions and we'll start talking about the things that could affect us. And maybe maybe pick apart the, the things in that law of how it's going to be implemented to us and um so that way we know what's maybe coming down the line and and i can hear from you guys because this is one we're all going to learn it together there's no experts on this one we're going to have to figure it out as we go and and uh i'm going to need your guys's input on this a lot so don't forget to send me emails jeff at the mpdude.com you can get me on facebook i got a handful more likes on uh facebook the last couple days we're at um 776 when I got in the car. I don't know what it is now. 776. So it's getting up there. We're getting we're getting there, guys. You, we're, you keep sharing the show. We're going to get to that 1,000 mark. I guarantee we'll do it before July. And uh, hopefully we'll get it early in June. So in the next couple, uh, you know, we could we could do it in two weeks if if we have a couple push uh, pushes of those, those uh, shows. Get them out there, guys. Tell your friends. All you students, spread the word. This show is for you guys in particular because... I'm brand new at this. I've been doing this only for like, you know, I graduated in August of last year. So I've only been been a um, nurse practitioner for, you know, six months, seven months, licensed, eight months, something like that. So, you know, you see the, you, it's perfect for you guys. You guys can get all this information. You guys can have better ideas on what you're doing with your contracts. You have better ideas with what's going on with your insurance issues. You have a better idea of what to do with getting credentialed. Um, in uh, in some of these big picture laws that are coming at us, this is all for all of us. So, share the show, spread the word, and we'll talk soon.